Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Are you ready? Are you ready for the Smackdown Review podcast? Yes, we're back on Saturdays for one week only, but I am Phil Chambers and I'm joined by Andrew Pollard to talk all things blue brand today. But before we get into it, make sure you like the uh, subscribe to this podcast, even on uh, wherever it is you get your podcast from, because we do daily wrestling podcasts. We do wrestling podcasts about Raw, wrestling podcasts about Smackdown, wrestling podcasts about NXT, wrestling podcasts about Dynamite, wrestling podcasts about pay-per-views, wrestling podcasts that are roundtable discussions, wrestling podcasts that are roundup of the weeks, complete with bloody quizzes. And this wrestling podcast all about smackdown um but yeah hi andrew pollard on a day of many 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 releases yet again smackdown the wwe somehow managed to also <laughs> put on a tv show <laughs> yeah yeah um it's it's uh oh thanks for having me on this saturday but it's, it's a nuts night it was like wake up this morning and uh just as i, as I was stirring went onto twitter and so like oh Bronson reese trending like clearly he must have debuted on smackdown after yeah. all this talk of he's main roster the down and it's like oh 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 he, so he is trending but he's he's trending for that oh and and so is bobby fish and mercedes martinez and jay gatlas and it's just like what and then it's like 13 releases and Jesus, man. Then you see these stats flying around of like, this is, I think it was the 41st, well, this, there's 41 people have been released since June. So just over yeah. a month and like a hundred odd since April. And it's like, oh, but anyway, yes, there, there was SmackDown. And that's the crazy thing. These releases were happening while SmackDown was going on. Supposedly while Adam Cole was at SmackDown meeting Vince McMahon, you've got the Absolutely news that crazy. Bobby Fish, his longtime friend, is being released. That's an incentive to re-sign. Like, Jesus. What they're thinking with the timing of this one, like if they think like maybe if we release everyone while SmackDown's going on, then social media will kind of be drowned by SmackDown news as well as the releases and the releases might not get picked up on. Like, I don't know what they're thinking. Just uh, that's, yeah, of all the times to do it Easy. right when your TV show is on. Yeah, I get the whole concept of like any any sort of bad news, like, okay, late from like purely from like, I guess, a PR standpoint, late on a Friday is the best time to put out any sort of, sort of bad news because yeah. it's the hope is then it gets buried a little bit. It doesn't pick up as much traction because people are sleeping or winding down or whatever. But then it's like, yeah, but at the same time you're doing that, you realize you have like a live two-hour broadcast going on at the same time, which lots of wrestling fans around the world, a dwindling number of wrestling fans, but still yeah. lots are watching and they're on social media interacting about anyway. And then you throw in the spanner of 13 releases um and especially like a good four five of them like tyler ross as well another like there's probably yeah. five that are really surprising where, and like yeah the tyler ross one where it's like oh cool so this diamond mine let's see oh right no there's they're, they're down the man already this is going really well um and you, you see them all and it's like i i don't want anybody to lose a job but part of me is thinking like oh it's gonna be roddy as well they're gonna get rid of roddy strong and it's like just <sighs> But thankfully, Roddy is still there. His wife isn't. His stablemate isn't. And it's yeah. undisputed the here. His stablemate isn't either. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, the person he beat last week in yeah, Bobby Fish isn't. And like, what the thing is as well, there was um, Leon Ruff and, oh, who else was it? Two dudes who got released were on uh, two or five live last night. Like, they got released before yeah. their match actually aired. Obviously, it had been taped in the week. And it's just like, and Leon Ruff as well. That's a surprising one. Leon Ruff, yeah, it's a shame. How can you even have a two or five just, live at this point, though? Like, with the amount of people that got rid of from that oh, TV show. Like, is it, can dude, you even it, film it, it that was, anymore? <laughs> 
No, I, I, I part of me was thinking like, yeah, it was the, the last round of cuts really killed uh, 205 Live. But then it's like, yeah. well, was it the last one or was it the one before? Because you lose track of all the releases. Bam, but it was like, Davari got let go, Tony Nice get, got let go. And it's just like, Leon Ruff is like just such a, a fun underdog fight from below, scrappy baby face where, yeah, yeah he's not the biggest kind of, it's like he's, he has so much of somebody that was around at the time of like the charm of the the early days of the one two three kid, uh, where it's like you just it, it just you you can't help but root for the guy. But yeah. we'll be rooting for him elsewhere now anyway, moving forward somewhere Indeed. else. It's nuts, man. But yeah, like we say, releases were happening. <laughs> also with SmackDown, and that's what we're really here to talk about. So hopefully yeah. a little bit brighter things to talk about than what happened behind the scenes. But yes, 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 y'all so fresh. Y'all Snoop Dogg and Sasha Banks are indeed the best, y'all. And out comes Sasha Banks after what happened last week when she turned on Bianca Belair. And she said she was coming back to claim the spotlight that she's created and that she deserves. And then there was a big video package of her return last week. And WWE is just bloody good at these video packages. <laughs> this is insane. Yeah. They're always so good. Uh, she talks about how WWE would be nothing without her and that she turned Bianca from this rookie to a champion and she's sick of all the disrespect that's being shown and she's come here to make Bianca pay and right on cue out comes Bianca Belair saying that Tasha was like begging her to face her at Mania uh, like you don't want the credit you just don't want Bianca to shine and then um Sasha kind of leaves the ring a little bit as Bianca was like walking up to it and Bianca had a great line of like where are you going you're going to take another four months off um like basically you want this it's on i really really enjoyed bianca belair in this segment but then out comes Zelina vega obviously she's insulting bianca belair she calls um sasha banks a ratchet little vulture uh and she says like uh, <laughs> and then bianca's like sick of it all she says all right sasha i'll see you at SummerSlam, and Zelina vega i'll see you tonight um good hot opening segment carrying on from the cliffhanger sort of uh, last week with the turn of Sasha Banks on Bianca I thought Bianca Belair was really good in this like she was sort of sassy she had really really good comebacks she had a bit of attitude about a bit of swagger um Sasha Banks is great because she's always bloody great in a heel role on the microphone and I thought Zelina Vega was really good in this role too so I was I was pleased and impressed with this yeah, it was it was a good way to start. It was uh, like you said, it's like the production value of these the recap videos. It's uh, sometimes they can maybe go a little bit long, but then yeah. the other side of the coin is that if you've missed last week or you're this, this could be the first time you're tuning in. It's like oh right, so that's what's going on, and it always looks. They also great make it, it tells a story. seem like the most important thing ever as well, which is really good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought uh, Sasha was great. I, I thought uh, Bianca Belair. I, I, I think it was, I don't know, it could well be like her best night on the mic. It was just, there's that, um, just the confidence that she has now in this role where she's clearly comfortable with a microphone in her hand. Yeah, okay, sometimes the lines with herself and with Sasha could feel a little bit overly scripted, but that's the nature of the beast in WWE, I'm afraid. But she delivered the lines well. Um, I I did like, I I popped for Selena Vega dropping the ratchet line, harking back to the the glory days of NXT with Sasha's ratchet. It's like, yeah, this is cool. I'm, I'm down with that. And I think we all kind of knew as soon as Selena Vega rocked up, it's like, right, who's she fodder for tonight? Is, is it going to be <laughs> Bianca Blair? Is it going to be Sasha? It was going to be a showcase for one of them just to, to decimate poor Zelina. Um, but no, it was it, it set the stall fine for what was to come for SummerSlam. I think we all knew that match obviously was going to happen. Uh, Blair versus Sasha. I also like the line of, with Sasha said early on about how at WrestleMania, uh, Bianca Blair was, she was that emotional just being in a ring with Sasha Banks that she was crying before yeah. the match started. It's like, yeah, attention to detail, good. And uh, yeah, I'm sure they're going to tear it down again at SummerSlam and the Zelina Vega match so we'll get to that it, it was what it was yeah absolutely the Sasha Bianca match was one of my favourite matches of this year so far so I'm looking forward to them repeating mm. that at SummerSlam but then later on tonight it was official sort of I guess we'll get to that later on but it is going to be Selena Vega versus Bianca Belair in a women's championship match or or is it I don't know but we'll get there um <laughs> But yeah, then it was time for the first match, although uh, Rey Mysterio was backstage first with his son, Dominic, obviously. Um, and Rey was like sort of having a go at Dominic, talking about like, what are you doing? Like challenging Jey Uso to a match tonight. And Dominic was just like, I'm just trying to do what you taught me, dad. Like I'm trying to get in his head. And Dominic and Rey was saying how with this match coming up at SummerSlam, like we need to be more strategic. They need the um, they need wins behind them going into the big event. Uh, and that nothing is more important than like regaining the titles and bringing this family together and things. And then uh, Dominic was all fired up. And then at the, at the end of it, I had a nice little line to Ray just going like, oh, dad, like, I don't need your help either. And then like walked out to the ring with a bit of a swagger. Uh, yeah, yeah. He's uh, not enough, I guess, is uh, the, the phrase yeah. on it. 
interesting dynamic they're building between the Mysterios. I'm not entirely sure where it's going. <laughs> yeah, and there's that like niggle, like there's that there is that fear of like uh, they're not, are they? They're not because yeah. it's like Dominic is getting very um, sure of himself, um, getting very cocksure, getting very confident and cocky, and you think like you. You, 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 you're not you can't you don't just leave them how they are well have them just as the, the happy father-son dynamic of, yeah. of Dominic under the learning tree of the legendary Rey Mysterio Jr don't mess with that but I'm not ready for the WWE, Dominic WWE, Dominic WWE man. <laughs> no exactly it's like it. no <laughs> Uh, but then it was time for Dominic Mysterio versus Jey Uso, and it was really good fun. Of course it was. It's these two, and they're always yeah. pretty entertaining when they get in the ring together. It started out, obviously, like Dominic flipping flipping around all over the place. He did his great sort of sliding sunset flip bomb into the barricade thing that I just love. You can just watch that all day long. And then eventually, obviously, Jay gets control, and then uh, Dom did a kind of like leg scissor takedown, but into the corner. He eventually hits him with the six one nine, but then it's that's where it all gets a bit WWE and a little bit screwy because as mm. uh, Dominic's going up to the top rope to finish off Jay Uso after the six one nine, Jimmy kind of comes in to try and get involved, but Rey Mysterio manages to cut him off doing like a flying senton to the outside. Uh, but as all this was happening. Dominic gets a little bit distracted as he goes to splash Jey Uso. He gets hit with the super kick and then Jey Uso hits the splash on him. One, two, three. Jey Uso beats Dominic Mysterio. But yeah, like I say, a fun match just if it, it just has to go WWE for the finish, doesn't it? Yeah, and, and I think the technical term for that Rey Mysterio counter on Jimmy Uso is the, the flying teabag, clearly. Yes, <laughs> that yes, was definitely. A, it's just like, <laughs> have my balls in your face. There we go. <laughs> um, that's one way to, to take him out of the match. But it was it was the case of the the, the threat from Jimmy Uso was was neutralized, but Dominic still lost because he got a little bit too full of himself, maybe. And I, I thought the, the match itself was real. It was it was a fun match. It was probably the, the match of the night, I'd say. Before we obviously not to get too ahead of ourselves, but I, I think the the super kick to win it uh, with the, well, the super kick and the splash, the super kick looked really good uh, from Jey Uso. And um, yeah, it's I think people as well. It's it's. It's fun to realize that Rey Mysterio, Dominic, Rey Mysterio, Rey Mysterio has been doing that a long time. Dominic Mysterio has only been wrestling for like a year, and this is only yeah. probably his what fifth, sixth, seventh time in front of an audience. So to see how far along he is, he's far from clearly far from the finished article. But to be yeah. as good as he is now, if, uh, having been in front of fans for such a relatively short amount of time, it's like dude's got a huge future ahead of him and uh, and obviously uh, ahead of him is, is by the looks of it a title shot at SummerSlam possibly but then we do have uh, the returning Street Profits to get into later as well yes we do indeed but yeah like you say Dominic it's, it's crazy how much he's come along since he started yeah. like he only he's really he's not been wrestling full stop for that long and then when you throw in that these are like since crowds came back these are the first times he's ever wrestled in front of a live crowd absolutely crazy Ray must be a very very good teacher yeah um, I think so with Dominic I think the first match or two you could you could tell he's a little bit the first match or two front of an audience you could tell like it, it maybe took a little bit of time to get a climate size through as it would for anybody yeah um, as it would to be fair for veterans when you've had essentially a year of silence it's going to take anybody a little bit of time to like oh sugar there's there's no yeah. there's real noise it's not yeah. just piped in cheers or or like my family in the crowd um so yeah props big 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 props to dominic yeah absolutely but then after this we got a replay of what happened with edge and seth Rollins last week with that sort of odd segment of Seth Rollins attacking him. And then we got Edge backstage and he was just basically saying what a rotten, selfish bastard Seth Rollins is. But it's okay because when Seth gets here, he's going to meet him in the ring and Edge is going to show him what a rotten, selfish bastard Edge can be. <laughs> really simple, easy hmm. WWE backstage segment leads on to the rest of the show. Good stuff. Yeah, yeah, it did exactly what it, effectively it was a replay of the replay because it was last week's attack, yeah. like <laughs> happened during an ad break. So it's like that had to be replayed. And then this was the replay of the replay. And it was just Edge being, um, I guess, the the grizzled veteran. Um, uh, that, that name's kind of already taken, but he, is, he certainly isn't a grizzled young veteran. But yeah, the grizzled veteran that he is uh, with that, that chip on his shoulder. And yeah, it was it was just fine for keeping things ticking along and getting to the segment that would uh, that would come a little bit later. Yep, but then it was time for Boogs. Obviously, playing out Shinsuke Nakamura. Because mm -hmm. uh, we're carrying on from the big story of last week from when Shinsuke Nakamura got the pin over Apollo Crews in that big sort of multi-man tag team match thing. And we were going to get the follow-up and find out what's next for the Intercontinental Championship. And then we kind of found out that this was a number one contenders match, even though he was facing the champion, and that's not generally how number one contenders uh, matches work. Yeah. And then... 
the match went a million miles an hour for a little bit, loads of kicks. It was like looking like, oh, this could be really good fun. And then out of nowhere, the Kinshasa was hit. And then Commander Aziz pulled Shinsuke Nakamura out of the ring for the DQ on the pin. It, I just, I, I don't understand this. A, like it's a number one contenders match and you're up against the champion. So you've got to beat the champion to face the champion, which makes your championship match for the yep. Intercontinental Champion automatically a rematch which I know WWE loves a rematch these days, but that doesn't make any sense. And B, Shinsuke Nakamura still won, even though it was for a DQ. So you're basically just making Commander Aziz look like an idiot and not making Shinsuke Nakamura look that strong. Shinsuke Nakamura sold it afterwards like he'd won the match and it was the best thing ever. I don't understand any of this, to be honest. Like those two people together in a match should be super exciting. Let's face it, Shinsuke Nakamura and Apollo Crews, the amount of talent there, like that should sell the match itself. Why are WWE WWEing all over this? Uh, I I don't know. They started doing this thing a couple, I don't know, three, four weeks ago on Raw where I can't think what they call it, like the contender. It's just a contendership match. Yeah, and it's like, it's, it is like the whole thing is, looks like it was Sheamus um, and also with, I guess it would have been Charlotte and Nikki, or was it Charlotte and Rhea? Yeah. Either way, but it's like the whole point is to get a title shot, you have to beat the champion. It's like, okay, that's just, as a concept, this does not work for me because yeah. ideally you want to build to the match, like the title match of like, even if it's not the first time ever, this is like, this is so-and-so's chance at the, the, the title. The yeah. the champion, if it's a heel, they've been ducking him for, for months, weeks. You really want, it's, you want to see this match. It's a big deal. It's like, oh no, no. Actually, you know, I saw it last week and the, 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 the the dude won and the, the champion lost and here we are so it's a match you've already seen just, the concept of it does not work for me whatsoever um, my dog doesn't like it either we have an eager dog hey, shut up <laughs> he doesn't like he, it he doesn't like no, the idea no and like you said the fact of it, it made Commander Aziz look like an idiot um, Shinsuke looked like a bit of an idiot the fact that he was he was he was celebrating like he just headlined Wrestlemania and won sort of thing it's like you got a DQ win because of the giant dickhead outside the ring um and it, it's like the match itself wasn't it was this was like the trend and from now on uh, for the rest of Smackdown like every match seemed to be like three minutes that was it it was like everything yeah. just went to really brief matches um, and this it did nothing for me whatsoever and I think any of this theme that had built for, for Nakamura versus Apollo just being totally put out now and it's like okay yeah. cool if we do get this match do I really care probably not now yeah that's it and it's such a shame because there's so many different ways that you could have gone with this like yeah. Shinsuke got the pin last week. Great. Have Adam Pearce or someone say, look, Apollo, you lost last week. Shin's going to get the title match. Have Shinsuke go up against any one of the other people in that match from last week and go yeah. over them with like Apollo Crews on commentary or something, or just with Apollo Crews watching on and then maybe attack him afterwards if you want to do something like that. There's so many ways that you can do this without just giving the match away in a just throwaway two-minute match on SmackDown that gains no one anything it just it doesn't make any sense. And it's not like the Intercontinental title is lacking of people in that sort of division. Like, it's really hot. There's so many amazing yep. wrestlers in that IC title picture. You could have just picked like, someone else from that match and said, this is your number one contenders match. Like, Shinsuke pinning the champion has earned a number one contenders match or anything. There's so many ways you can get to this without just giving this match away with a crappy two-minute finish. Yeah, and it's like, uh, uh, whenever I see Shinsuke on TV these days, like, oh man, I remember for like a hot minute when they actually, it looked like they were going to go back all in with him um, when he ran that gauntlet uh, and it's yeah. like, oh, they're going to go Nakamura and Reigns. And all of a sudden in that one match, it was like, well, Nakamura essentially turned babyface in the match and it's like, oh, right, they're, they're, they're going in with him as a big deal again. And then that just led to what Roman Reigns versus Adam Pearce and Nakamura just kind of dropped back. I know the stories at the time were that was going to be Cesaro, but Cesaro hadn't re-signed yeah. his deal. So, um, but yeah, it's like I, I don't know. Any time they manage to get me back interested in Shinsuke Nakamura, it feels like it's only a week or two away from having that rug pulled right from underneath me, and it's like, oh right, okay. Well, if, and like so often with with many WWE talents, it's like if that's what they think of him and that's how they want to present him, why should I give it to us? Absolutely. Um, I will say as well, though, I wrote this in my notes just because it was, <laughs> I don't know why, but you know, all the augmented reality, like 3D stuff yeah. that they normally put on the entrances, not really into it most of the time, but Apollo, uh, Apollo Cruz's massive golden lions that he walks through. Yeah. I'm kind of into it. I'm not going to lie. Although 
there's such a like massive camera nerd part of me that says when you put them on the stage and the stage is super reflective and you don't bother to animate a little reflection underneath them just to make them <laughs> blend in really really annoys me so wwe do better yeah dear vince <laughs> love from phil <laughs> uh anyway next we moved on to um Finn Balor backstage doing an interview. No, no, it wasn't. That's getting way ahead of myself. Uh, Paul Heyman backstage doing an interview. And he was talking about what happened last week in the contract signing. He basically called John Cena a thief. Uh, he said, talks about the Tampa Bay schmuckaneers, obviously, insult the local sports team, classic. Mm-hmm. Um, he compared Cena stealing the contract to having Heyman go out there and attack um, Brady, Tom Brady, as he's like with a crutch and then sign his contract and takes it over. He basically called the contract a massive joke. Uh, he says that WWE is a massive enabler for allowing John Cena to do this. Roman has nothing to say about this. He's not in the mood. And then in a fantastic moment, he turns away from the uh, interviewer and there's Biggie holding the Money in the Bank briefcase up, just giggling away to himself. And Biggie's just the best. Like yeah, yeah. any any time Biggie gets basically on my TV these days, I have a smile on my face. And it's fantastic. Love it. Yeah, I, I thought Heyman, any time that he's with Big, Biggie, he really sells it really well. Like, yeah. uh, it's like the, the kind of, I don't know, Heyman gets across this like, what is he doing? What, what's going on while also being like, and I'm actually genuinely scared because he looks like yeah. a threat. It's like he manages to to kind of poke fun at, at Big E while also selling the fear of like this dude, if he does want to cash in, that's that's like, that's trouble for, for Roman Reigns. Um, and I mean, part of me, I think in an ideal world, I, I'd like that, I don't know, I'd like Big E to cash in on Bobby Lashley as like a bit of a payback for his New Day brothers. But then the yeah. other part is like, yeah, but let's face it, Roman and Big E is the way to go it, realistically. And that, that, I've always a good way to go, to be honest. We've got options. And like you said, yeah. anytime Big E is involved in anything, it's like, it has my attention. Um, yeah. and, and this was, even though he was only on SmackDown for like all of 20 seconds, and yeah. I don't think technically even said a word, it was just noises. <laughs> it's like, still, that's like, if I was doing an up and down video or an up and down list, that's getting a big up. That's getting a golden yeah. up. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And like you say, as soon as Biggie won that briefcase, I was like, oh, now we can cash it in on Bobby. And it's the perfect, like, uh, yeah. timing and the perfect situation to go and like oh my god you did my new day brothers wrong i'll go attack you you can move biggie over to raw maybe in in the process of it get some new contenders there um but then all the goldberg stuff obviously kind of gets in the way and you're maybe gonna miss <sighs> miss the timing for that like if yeah. goldberg wasn't there the timing would be SummerSlam, and it would be absolutely perfect and that would have been like oh WWE have thought about this as a long-term story, but then Goldberg, and then you're like, ah, they're going to just forget about that and never reference it ever again, are they? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a very tight time window for that. It's like, if, okay, they could go to Big E after Goldberg's out the way, and like, I don't know, do it towards the end of the year, but then it's like, well, I remember when you did this to Kofi four months ago. It's like, dude, you've <laughs> yeah. had that briefcase for four months now. You could have Not easily brought same. this up at any point. Um, hey, who knows? Maybe we get like a Seth Rollins scenario, and he cashes in mid-match um, during Maybe, maybe Goldberg versus Bobby. I don't know. Um, that's just come right off the top of my head. So uh, if that happens, you heard it here first. Yeah. But then again, if Big E is the one to finally topple Roman Reigns, yeah, that's also pretty damn great. <laughs> yeah, man. All, all that stock that you put into Roman for the last, what, year? And Roman... 600 days of not being pinned, is it? Or something since yeah, wow, back. Fair, like... Hell of a start. Um, and the dude's been absolutely killing it. In, in every, I think he's he really thrived in that, the silent arena uh, era, yeah. the Thunderdome era. It's like where you could pick up on, you could, it just works so well to establish his character where you could pick up on the little nuances that he brings to it of the, the trash talk he does in the ring. It, it, it just picked up, it just worked really well to then that character's now established for when you're back on the road and you've got crowds there. And it is like all the stock you've put into him and presuming that he does go through John Cena as well. All these yeah. big wins all the momentum that Roman Reigns has took out of other people like Cesaro, Daniel Bryan Edge. Uh, and it's like, if Big E is the person to beat him, it's like, that's just, again, you that brings Big E to a whole other level and all that stock is then, is then forwarded on. I, I guess in the similar way to when Brock Lesnar, obviously not comparing that precisely, but like when Brock Lesnar ended the streak with The Undertaker yeah. or with the purpose of like, well, then when Brock loses to Roman Reigns, it's an even bigger deal. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's just, uh, the, the thing with me is like with with the, the, the Money in the Bank briefcase for Big E, it's like, because 
I don't know. I, I think he has to announce ahead of time, basically do like a Rob Van Dam or a, a John Cena where it's because if you just do your normal run in at the end of a match or at the end of a segment, you don't necessarily get that rub that you would if it's a case of right. He's beaten Roman Reigns in a straight up singles match, one on one. He's gone. He's stepped up to the big dog and taken down rather than the underhand uh, way of doing it, which is the norm with the uh, money in the bank. But yeah, I think Big E, Roman Reigns, who know Royal Rumble. I'm going to say on that. Um, and, and unless unless Dwayne isn't available for WrestleMania, in which case Roman probably keeps it all the way through to Mania. Yeah, that's. I was just going to say that it's like I probably completely depends on what the Rock's doing at WrestleMania. Yeah. It's going to be that. There's no way Biggie's winning it before. You know, no, Biggie's not even getting a sniff at it before that. No, it, it, yeah, it's Money in the Bank ladder match round two for uh, WrestleMania for Biggie <laughs> probably next year. Uh, but then we moved on to another two-minute match, and it was Tegan Knox. She's got a Tegan back. I don't know when that happened, but it's back, I guess. Uh, and she was coming out with Shotzi, who is still Shotzi. So one of them got a bit of their name back. I don't know. But they're going up against Tamina. Uh, carrying on the story with them and Natalia and Tamina, although obviously Natalia can't be there because she's been injured and she's going to be out a few weeks with her. I think it's an ankle injury, is it? Yeah, 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 ankle. Um, so at least they're carrying on the story, I guess. But again... Super short. And guess what? It's a distraction finish, because of course it is. Um, to Shotzi was on the outside on the uh, all the time, and she basically shot the missile thing at Tamina. It distracts her enough for Tegan Knox to get the classic roll-up on her. One, two, three. Tegan Knox beats Tamina. Now, at least they haven't completely been this storyline and like gone, oh, Natalia's out. Screw it. Nobody will care. So they're carrying it on. So at least I'll give them some kind of credit with that. And they're trying to get around it with just having Tamina come out on her own. But also, why can't people just have wins? Like, what is wrong with just giving someone a straight win? Especially someone who's brand new up to the main roster and you're trying to build as a star in Tegan Knox. Why can't she just get the shiniest wizard and hit Tamina with it and pin her? Like, what kind of crazy world would that be? That'd help, like, establish her as a, as a player with a, a lethal finishing <laughs> move. Why ask those silly questions, Phil? Of course. <laughs> uh, it's lucky that we're like, this is uh, obviously just an audio podcast because, like, for while you're describing that match, for most of it, I'm just shaking my head because th- this was... This was the low point for SmackDown for me, and it's nothing to do with Tegan Knox or Tamina, yeah. to be honest. Um, I'm 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 happy as a as a pick in whatever uh, that Tegan Knox is on on the main roster, whether that's Raw, whether that's SmackDown. Um, yeah. Just as a, as a Welshman, it's as soon as like you you heard about well Nixon Newell, it's like oh well she's Welsh. Let's see what's going on there. Instantly, yeah. just that like that kinship of like you're naturally behind her, and then see her get signed with former WWE. WCPW Women's Champion as well. Exactly. Let's not forget. <laughs> yeah. So it's like it's someone who I've kept an eye on for a fair while, and it's just great. And obviously the the two times the big knock she's had with the, with the knees. Um, so yeah. it's just great to see it. And so I'm happy with that. The match itself was fine for what it was. Tamina did fine. Tegan did fine. Just the whole distraction thing. It's like, that's the thing that, because I I was watching it and I, it's like, I had to like rewind and like, did they? Yeah, they did. It's like, so it's, uh, and these are like your baby faces. So she just fired a missile from her tank to the strap to Mina. It's like, that's, it, 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 you can like, I don't know, you can explain that away if they were a heel team, if, if yeah. Knox and, and Shotzi were, were heels. But it's like, and again, we have the celebration issue as well. Like they're celebrating it like yeah. they just won a massive match at the end of it. And it's like, no, you've just kind of, like stole one a little bit. Yeah, like. exactly. You, you could have, uh, I mean, I, I think um, I've, I'm, I don't know. I've been quite happy with like the run to me. He's been on the last few months where it's just like, it's, yeah. I, she's, she's never been the greatest wrestler in the world. She's never been like my favorite wrestler in the world, but it's just like, it's just nice to see. And you can tell like, she's Absolutely. really enjoying herself. And it's like, oh, yeah. this is cool, man. This is cool. And there's nobody meaner. <laughs> exactly. There's nobody meaner than Tamina. Um, so it's, that's cool to see, but it's like, th- there's, even though she is one half of the tag team championships, there's no stock in her as a singles act. So like if, if Tegan gets the, the win here in clean fashion in three, four, five, six minutes, Tamina really doesn't lose anything. So it's just all that would happen was Tegan would gain some momentum and like, oh, right. Okay. Oh, and there's that shiniest wizard that we, we always hear about. Isn't that a really cool finish and effective, but no, we get the, um, the missile, the, the plastic missile launcher shit. It's like, yeah. I, I I don't like the tank full stop, but like it just <laughs> as for a baby face to win a match this in I don't know in two minutes in this way, it just I don't know it baffles me a bit. It's like I, and she wasn't it wasn't even like Tamina was I don't know I couldn't understand if Tamina had gone I don't know been really aggressive and was like really brutally 
beating knocks down yeah. and, and it's like I don't know Shotzi's way of like taking some pressure off a friend but it's just like mid-match nothing's really going on a couple of minutes in yeah. oh there's the missile oh there's the roll up um, there we go uh, and then it was again like you said the the big celebration where uh, I don't know man I don't know it's just the, like I said this was the low point and it wasn't anything to do with the, the two ladies involved in the match no no absolutely not stupid idea to do that, that uh, yeah. the spot with the tank and the missile I like the tank. I'm not going to lie. I do enjoy the tank. As, a, as, a, as an entrance and thing, it's silly. It's fun. I'm, in, I'm into it. But yeah, not in this situation at all. Like, there's, even if you want to explain away why T- Tamina would lose, even though she's like a champion or something, like she's not got her like, sort of mentor person, like her best friend by her side. She's not got Natalia, like the person who's brought her up from like absolutely nothing and built her up to be a tag team champion. Like you could explain that away somehow, but just... Like Tegan Knox hit her with the shiniest weather, get a win. It's a big win for Tegan. She's still new on the main roster. You've still got to build her up. I just don't understand why it's so difficult. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. But anyway, speaking of being so difficult, WWE then went weird again, <laughs> and we had a backstage segment with Adam Pearce and Sonya Deville, of course. Uh, and Zelina Vega walks up to them and they're like, shut up, all I want to hear is like, your women's championship match is next. You know, the women's championship match earlier in the show that they announced in the Bianca Belair segment and also put a graphic up on the screen saying Zelina Vega versus Bianca Belair, women's championship tonight. And then, uh, I can't remember if it was Adam Pierce or um, Sonia Deville now, one of them said like, just because Bianca accepted your challenge like doesn't mean the contract's ready. Uh, and then, Sonia was like, I like she, Bianca doesn't make matches. I do. We've got to do this the right way. So tonight you're going to face Bianca. And then if you do win, you get your title match. But it's not going to be against Bianca. It's going to be against whoever wins at SummerSlam. And you'll get it after that. So we're having another one of those weird championship contender matches against the champion. And even though earlier in this exact same show, you've already announced it as a women's championship match. And then after this, Selena Vega thanks them for giving her the match. she's just had something massive taken from her she should be really annoyed at this am i am i missing something here no not at all i I mean the the other person who should be really annoyed is the poor dude or girl who puts together the graphic the championship graphic of like you wasted your time time. (laughs) yeah you wasted your time put this graphic together just to go "Ah, actually the match isn't really happening but like you're just hoping that this match happens at some point because like i put i put a whole like 10 minutes of photoshop into that graphic damn it (laughs) I, i want it to be used at some point down the line but yeah it was the same that didn't really make any sense um and which i don't know you could say that about a lot of uh what's happened with selena vegas since she's returned to the company i yeah. i legit don't think she's won a match i cannot think of her winning no. a match at all um, amazingly as well it makes less sense when you do get to that match later on <laughs> yeah it's just like i uh i don't know and i mean like the the segment itself was was well presented i guess well done um selena vega is great on the mic again it sounds just it's the dialogue that gets me like the the way that they deliver the dialogue is fine it's great but it's just like 
people don't speak like this people yeah. and like you said especially when she's just like all right okay thanks for the opportunity after already having a match previously announced yeah. and she's a heel so she should right. be even more like furious i get it yeah. if she was like i don't know if she was some all smiling baby kissing granny hugging baby face where yeah. it's like, be like all right fine well, i'll show you i'll go yeah exactly you, but, you can imagine john no. cena doing that like okay well it's just one more stumbling block but thanks for the yeah. opportunity i'm gonna prove you wrong but it's like if you're a heel you should be like tearing your hair out it's if like like seth rollins when he hasn't had any time chances and all he's yeah. been doing is gone on this rampage but no it's just like thanks for the opportunity which you can imagine it's like how most of the, the conversations probably go in Vince McMahon's office all the time it's like yeah. here's a big pile <laughs> of shit thanks for the opportunity boss please this, don't fire me today <laughs> as soon as this was going on this felt like what the writers go through on a weekly basis just within this <laughs> one segment like they had this thing planned but then something got taken away and now they don't have any clue how to fix this so they just put whatever out there and hope for the best yep. it's just bad really really bad there's no upside to this whatsoever and also this adam pierce sonia deville thing it's probably like were they ever, like they've been teasing for so long about something happening with these two and it comes and then it goes yep and deville's still definitely sort of playing the heel side of it because she's like oh bianca doesn't make matches i make matches i don't understand where that whole dynamic is going I, I don't know. I think they just they I, I honestly think like it's just they've forgot all the or the person who had the idea for like the, the button of heads between the two. Maybe he takes Fridays off. I don't know. I don't know that like that, that writer is just like he, he's only there for Mondays or she's only there for Mondays. Um it's yeah, it's just like you just it's one of those where you just sadly have to just kind of go, all right, okay, cool. And just like yeah, not get on. too up about it. And just like again, it's like if they're not caring, if they're not having any consistency with what happens week to week to week with these characters or how they interact, then why should I give a toss? Like again, it's yeah. which I feel like I've said that like three times, I think, already on <laughs> it, just just for this one episode of the SmackDown. Um but, but- um, Talking mm. of people caring, out comes Edge to save the day for a bit. And he just really loves his entrance, doesn't he? I he love it. I love when really he runs to the, like, yeah, he runs <laughs> like the, obviously the hard cam side on the stage. And he's just like, give it to me, give it to me. And it's like, yes, He's dude. having a great time with these crowds yeah, back. Loving Soaking life. it up every chance you can possibly get. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he comes out there and he's, it's Edge on, you know, on fire. He's great. Uh, he talks about how Seth Rollins isn't actually here tonight, and that's probably actually quite good because if he was, I'd probably end up in jail. And like he talks about how like looking at <laughs> Seth is like a looking in a, in a mirror of his past, and then obviously eventually Seth Rollins appears on the big screen, and Edge is challenging him to a match at SummerSlam, and Seth's like, oh, I don't know, I'll think about it, but you know maybe you should think about it too. Like, what are you actually getting into? Like. You know what it's like when I stomp like a healthy person's neck. Imagine what would happen when I stomp on the neck of a guy whose neck has been fused three times. Like your career will be done. What kind of future will you have as like a husband, as a father? Uh, and Edge obviously loses it and flips out at this point, calls him a televangelist, Colonel Sanders, obviously. <laughs> uh, Great talks line. About, and then he goes through their history. And it's, <laughs> I love how they've had not had that many interactions throughout the course of their careers, but there's actually quite a lot of history that they can build on here. And they're, they're using the old history from back in, was it 2016 or whatever it was when Edge came in to try and heat up that rivalry and Seth was threatening him. And then uh, Edge was talking about how like Edge eliminated him or helped eliminate him from the 2020 Royal Rumble. He did eliminate him from the 2021 Royal Rumble. And this is all because Seth didn't actually finish the job when he had the chance back in the day. Uh, he's just trying to walk in Edge's footsteps, but he can't actually fill them. He's just edge light and then it was Seth's turn to flip out and he's like I'm not a light virgin about anyone it's like SummerSlam you're on this is just good stuff between yeah. two good pro wrestlers really <laughs> yeah yeah two, two pro wrestlers who are happy comfortable in their skin know their characters yeah. inside out are when they're on it they're two of the best in the world still even now with Edge I mean to, to be the level that he's at after being out for so long and I, again with the entrance when you see him coming out it's like uh, you cannot watch that entrance and not smile even if you're not an Edge fan it's just like just the journey the fellow's been on the fact that when he did yeah. make his big comeback at, against all the odds it was obviously there was a Royal Rumble but then after that it was like his big Wrestlemania moment was crickets it was, yeah. it was he had like and then he had the whole like uncertainty of like, oh, now I'm out for like another six months. Will I ever get to wrestle in front of fans again? Yeah. Um, so it's I, it just, always it's... makes me think as well, because like you go back to his retirement speech and just how emotional that whole thing was. And then the moment where he's like, I just want to do my entrance one last time. Kind yeah. Of thing. And he like goes back to the back and then they hit his music and he comes out again. And he's just there like soaking it up, knowing that that could be like the last time he ever gets a chance to do his entrance. And now you just see him now and he's like, I'm not going to waste any opportunity I have during this thing. I'm going to yes, soak dude. it up every time. And it's like, yes, I can get behind <laughs> this guy. 
It's like, I'm just totally getting goosebumps here. I feel like it's like one of those like uh, moments where the rock's in the ring and he just points at his arm with all the goosebumps. Yeah. Like, that's exactly <laughs> what I'm getting, just just to think about this and talk about this. And it was, it was, it was a, it was a great back and forth. Both guys hit some memorable lines. Uh, I, I think the, the edge, edge of light line, the, the Colonel Sanders evangelist line, the, uh, and then the way Rollins reacts and, and, and stirring up the shit by bringing up the family of like, basically, I don't, yeah. I don't want to cripple you when you've got, you know, you've got a wife at home, you've got two daughters and then Edge is flipping out for that. And it's, it was just like, like, I think as soon as there was any slight rumbling early in the year that we might get Rollins and, and Edge as a, as a possible match at SummerSlam, I'd say 95% of wrestling fans are like, yep, absolutely sold. And then the more and more they interact, and I think it's great. And the fact that that they are keeping them apart. I mean, obviously we've had Seth attack Edge, but that's all like the, that's just to kickstart things and t- make sure that, okay, this is the path we're going on. But like yeah. Edge hasn't got to, there's, there's been no comeuppance yet. They're keeping Seth away from him. Um, but it, just think if, if, if say, I don't know, if Seth Rollins was WWE champion or universal champion, Edge might've had like three contender <laughs> matches against him already by the time we get to SummerSlam. It's, it's, so it's like, this is the benefit of like, of keeping people apart. We want to see this match. It's something that has never been seen. There's been those brief, brief interactions actions in the Royal Rumble but it's all yeah. Royal Rumbles so it's like just keep them away I don't want I don't want I don't well I, I don't want Edge to lay a single finger on Seth Rollins until SummerSlam you can have Rollins maybe a, a sneak attack here or there on Edge but just there's there's got to be you want to see that payback you want to see the match you want to see good guy beat bad guy it's classic wrestling 101 don't yeah. cock it up that's Absolutely. that's all I think like this it's it's simple. I'm glad they're harking back to the past. It's logical. Yeah. It's personal. And it's like, yeah, I want to see these guys fight. Even to the point of, like, as, as like last week's segment was a little bit weird, but the fact that Seth hit Edge with the camera and then this week Seth's, like, going, oh, you should be used to that and, like, harking back through Edge's career. He's probably been yeah. hit with a camera more than anyone else in the history of wrestling. Um, and it's just little touches like that where they're just harking back on the past and bringing it in and making it relevant. And I'm like, yes, this is this is how you do it. It's, it's simple. It makes sense. I'm invested. I want to see this match. Yeah, I think right now, if you look at SummerSlam, that's that's the match that, like, yeah, that's going to steal the show. If, if everything goes to plan, that is, that's that's going to be the best match on the card. That's going to be the one most people are looking forward to. Um, it's, like, I mean, obviously, Cena and Roman's big, but I think we kind of all know how that's going to yeah. go. Lashley and and, uh, and, and Goldberg has yeah. an appeal to a certain fan base where it's like, <laughs> Okay, let's just hope it's quick. <laughs> um, and like the rest of the card is shaping up nicely, but nothing is getting close for me anyway, personally, to uh, to anything close to Edge versus uh, versus Seth Rollins. It yeah. should be good. Me too. And speaking of someone who seems to be on a little bit of a roll, Bala was backstage with Kayla Braxton. I thought he had a really, really good night last night. Yeah. Um, he was super pissed off at Baron Corbin and what happened last week, obviously, and just nice and simple like I said he's gonna like teach him honor and integrity the hard way and when he's done with corbin he has a bone to pick with cena kept it short kept it sweet angry ballot love it and it gets even better later on <laughs> yeah it's like this is uh, and again like they said it gets even better later on this is the finn battle that we all wanted to see there was that yeah. again that fear that natural fear that when he returned to the main roster where he rocked up on smackdown a few weeks ago it's like oh he's a little bit too smiley don't yeah. please, please don't be smiley Finn. Please don't be. And he even addressed it himself later on. Yeah. But it's like, this was, I thought the, the, the how things ended with Finn Balor, the, the, the main event segment, which we'll get to, was perfect. And this was the, the perfect way to uh, set the stall for what was to come. It was, it was a, a really good brief backstage moment where it's like, okay, this is the Finn Balor that we want to see. This is the Finn Balor we can get behind. This is the Finn yeah. Balor that's been tearing it up in NXT uh, for the last, what, year, 18 months. Um, yeah. yeah, great stuff. Uh, next up, we had the Street Profits returning to SmackDown against the Dirty Dogs. We've never seen this match before. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, it was fine. It's the Street Profits and the Dirty Dogs. It's wrestling 101. Montez flying around, gets cut off, takes the heat, hot tag to Dawkins. He goes wild. Um, Ziggles hits his kind of famouser. Um, Dawkins kicks out, but then hits Dawkins hits the spine buster. Montez Ford hits the frog splash. One, two, three. Done. Couple of minutes again. Fine. Whatever move away from this match now <laughs> yeah that's it that's uh it's again it's like you, you alluded to there it's a match we've seen probably more than any match in the last year uh, and it's they're always good matches it's two very good teams four very good wrestlers um and uh, yeah it was always gonna be the street profits winning with well, with montez ford's comeback and just the the frog yeah. splash always looks phenomenal um 
shout out to Waity Stars, but yeah, the frog splashes looks, the, the height he gets on it and the way that this time when he lands and then like the, the extra cell of like the impact where he kind of flips up and rolls, it, it just yeah. it looks beautiful. It's a thing of beauty and that's, it's well, with the Street Profits back and the Dirty Dogs back on TV, it's like, all right, there's two more teams to add to this two-team division that we've got on <laughs> SmackDown right now because it's like, okay, there's, there's the Usos, there's the Mysterios and... I guess you could say uh, Alpha Academy, but that's mainly just Otis and Gable's more the mentor. But like, yeah, SmackDown needs new tag teams or tag teams. Um, And I I guess while these neither of these teams are new, at least you know they they bring something to the table. Just keep things a little bit fresh and don't just don't. I don't want to see this match next week or the weekend. This doesn't need to be a feud now. Yeah, yeah. This this was fine. Keep up his back. Let's move on. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, but then it was Bianca Belair versus Zelina Vega in this contendership match or whatever the hell they're calling it. And I mean, the match itself was is pretty good. It was Bianca Belair and Zelina Vega. Uh, Zelina Vega did like a pretty good like crucifix submission kind of thing in the ropes and then was like grabbing her hair and pulling it down, making sure she uses the best of the five count that she gets. Um, and then eventually they got knocked through the outside and uh, Bianca Belair kind of deadlifts Zelina Vega up into like a press lift. Uh, and just at that moment, it's Boss time, of course. Out comes Sasha Banks, and then Zelina Vega takes advantage of the distraction and gets on top in the match. And then some good bits, like Bianca Belair, like cartwheeling out of a tilt-a-whirl thing. And then she's obviously using her strength, and she hits a handspring moonsault thing. And then throughout the match, Vega is kind of desperately going for the sleeper to try and take out Bianca Belair. And then um, Selena powers her through from a sleeper, like into a deadlift suplex, which looks really, really good. And then Vega goes for the, like diving Hurricane on the outside off the apron, but Bianca catches her again and just absolutely slams her into the barricade on the outside, chucks her back in the ring, hits the KOD. Bianca wins. Why couldn't this have just been a, a women's championship match? You would have had... Bianca Belair as the fighting champion, overcoming some annoying foe that got in a way on the road to Sasha Banks, making Bianca look a little bit stronger for Sasha Banks at SummerSlam. Like, you didn't need all the stuff of the bait and switch with the championship match because Zelina Vega was going to win anyway. Like, uh, and Bianca Belair was going to win anyway. Like, Zelina Vega was never going to win this match. So why couldn't it have been for the championship? I don't, I just don't understand. Oh, <laughs> the match but, itself but, was pretty good. <laughs> but, but then, Phil, if that would have happened, you'd have had like a spare two minute segment to fill. That- what else would you have done? <laughs> like if the, Could if have it possibly wasn't... just given this match two more minutes. I, I know, it's crazy. It's just like, I, uh, I, or like one of the other matches, all the other matches had like three minutes or two minutes. You could have just used, you know, give them an extra minute or two. But I mean, yeah, the match was good. I thought it was it was probably the, the best Selena Vega match she's had since she's returned. Um, yeah. I mean, taking the ladder match out because ladder matches are always fun. Yeah. But yeah, I, th- I thought it was a, a good showcase. I thought Selena got a little bit more than I, I probably expected her to get in this, which was good. Um, I, she played it well as the heel. But yeah, we all knew Bianca was going to win. It was just a case of, is there going to be any interference from the boss? But it was more of just like, no, Sasha's just there to watch. And Yeah, it was a bit games. weird with Sasha because she kind of came out and then, like Selena Vega got on top and then they cut to commercial and then they didn't really feature her no. a lot for the rest of the match. It was like, is she still there? Or like, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't know. No, um, yeah, it was just, it, it was a little bit weird with that. Um, but yeah, it was it was a good showcase for the champ. It was a good showcase for Selena Vega. And like you said, it's like, what difference whatsoever would this have meant if it was just, if it was a title match or not? I mean, yeah. All it does is take away the confusion of that that random weird backstage segment. You 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 make your show better by just leaving this as a title match. But it was what it was. I thought as a match it was good. Uh, like I said, it was it was the best Selena Vegas look since she's returned. Um, yeah. To be fair, the best I I guess by default it's the best she's probably looked in WWE because obviously yeah, she hasn't wrestled all that much since or well, since she was theatre in the dad in in Impact. Um, so yeah, it was it was good in that way. And it's I guess it. I, I don't know. Does it add any more momentum to SummerSlam with Banks of Belair? Maybe not really. But it's... No, again, I think it might have done if it was a championship match because you're like, oh yeah, Bianca's the fighting champion. Like no, exactly. Like, that's why, that's why Bret Hart would always have TV World Title matches because then yeah. it's like, yeah, he's a fighting champion. He's this baby face, and that's the talk that Bianca Belair always does as well. As in, like, yeah. she'll fight anybody, whatever. So yeah, just it's it's like if you were like working on 
I don't know, if you say you, you nip to make a cup of tea or you nip to the loo or there'd be a knock at the door and, and yeah. the, the postman had arrived or something and you missed that backstage segment, you wouldn't have thought any different. It's like, oh yeah, it's a, world title, it's a women's title match. Great, great. Yeah. It would have made no difference whatsoever. But if you saw that two minute backstage segment, it just made things, it muddied the part when it did not need muddying whatsoever. But nah. Absolutely. But then we had the build to the main event and we had a, bit, a little bit of Roman Reigns backstage and he was kind of just sat there on his own in a room and then Heyman walks up and was like, Bala versus Corbin is next. And then Roman was like, I'm interested. And then we had the main event. It was. <laughs> I like strange. you say like he was James Bond there. There's like an eyebrow <laughs> raise and everything. <laughs> Uh, but it was Finn Balor versus Baron Corbin. And poor Baron Corbin, man. He can't even afford his own entrance music now. Well, see, I, I even made a note about that. It's like, like since when did wrestlers start paying for their own, wrestler, their own entrance know. themes? And also, like, if you if that is the case, then why have so many wrestlers got awful entrance music? It's like, <laughs> if I'm paying for it, I, I ain't using half of this shit. Um, um, but yeah, it was just like, the, the this. I think Baron Corbin, to his credit, he's been great in this role. I think he, yeah, really, he really like gets it. into it. But like, Whenever they've done this storyline before, they did Shawn Michaels when they've done it with, I think, JBL as well. well JBL with Shawn Michaels, so I'm sure he had a similar run. But like, whenever they do this like pleading poverty thing, it's like, no, it's like the, the dude's probably got like with the whole hair thing. It's like I'm sure he already owns a razor. Like it's like that's there's there's not like him losing it. And, <laughs> Someone and, hasn't come and repossessed his razor. Yeah, exactly. It's like he and the the clothes. It's like I. I'm sure you've still got all your clothes. It's not like, oh my God, I've got to give them all away now because I, because all because I lost my crown. It's like, you, you still have what's in your wardrobe, dude. It's all right. It's cool. Even if you don't have electricity, you can wash it in the sink. You can wash it in the beach. You live in Florida. It's like, there's, there's just like, it, it makes no sense. Um, so much of this, like we're supposed to buy into the fact that this like super, I know they tried to by saying like, okay, when I was making big money, I invested it in lots of stuff and I was living this. I, I they've tried to explain it with that, but still like anytime they do this, this sort of storyline where they're pleading poverty, no, it makes no sense. But like I said, on the other side of that, I think Baron Corbin's played into it greatly. You can know he's he's going all in on this, and that's that's all you can ask, I guess. To earn yeah, that think, picture, which he isn't actually getting, obviously. <laughs> I think that's the key thing. If Baron Corbin wasn't fully on board and just throwing himself into this character, it would never work at all. It's the commitment to the bit that is making it work. And yeah. I genuinely think this is the most entertaining Corbin has been on the main roster since... Um, I, I've really enjoyed it. Yeah. Like, it could, as, it could as stupid be. as it is, it, I mean, it's entertaining and it's sports entertainment at the end of the day. Oh, 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 oh all right, Vince. <laughs> we're going with that now. Let, let me guess, Bill. We you make, make movies. movies. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think with um, with Corbin, I think it could be the most entertaining he's been. I mean, that's not really a high bar. I think no. the, the ass kicker, uh, the lone wolf in NXT, that dude, I was behind. But then since, I don't know, the main roster stuff, the. I don't know. His early days on the main roster were okay. And then it's like, I don't know. Ever since it was just like, I'm just wearing like the waiter outfit and I've shaved my head. That any of that sort of Corbin is like, nah, I'm, I'm good, dude. I'm good, dude. Yeah. I am worried with the Corbin thing. I think they either need to make him a bit more of an asshole in this gimmick or turn him face at some point. Yeah. You try, like, the building sympathy for this character. And, yeah, at first, you're not going to like him because he was this cocky, arrogant asshole spending $6,000 on watches or whatever it was. And now he's this broke guy. Why would I care about, like, some rich broke dude? Um, But, like, as time goes on, the more you have baby faces pick on this character, the more you're angling your baby faces in a position where they're, like, mocking someone for being poor. And it's it's not a great look. And I think something needs to change. Like, there's time to do it. There's a way to do it. But I think it needs to happen soon. Yeah, I think they. it seems like... Again, they change their mind every week because there was the obviously the, the first few weeks, like you said, it's going to be, oh right, okay, he's got to come up and this big braggadocious Belang is has uh, lost all his money. Hey, we haven't got any sympathy for him now because he's been such a dick to all these people for the last yeah. couple of years. Great, and then it's like there is this like the interactions yeah with Kevin Owens where it's a bit like, all right, okay, well. Kev's a very solidified, solid baby face who everybody likes. And if Kev's willing to give him the, the, the time of day and be okay with him, all right, you start to get a little bit of sympathy for him. And then he goes the next week, he'll go and be a massive dickhead to people. Uh, and it's yeah. like, it just seems like they keep changing course. And, and I know it's obviously, it's you've got the gradual story of wherever this is going to end up. And there's going to be uh, bumps in the road, uh, curves in the, the path sort of thing, as in like, okay, well, but I just, I don't know. I just think that now is that it's basically time to shit or get off the pot. As in, if you're going to yeah. go baby face, go all in on the baby face and, and have him, I'm not saying he's, he's a super baby face next week, but you 
yeah. um, mark it down in pencil because never use pen in wrestling, but mark it down in pencil. <laughs> but say in a month's time or six weeks' time, he's going to be a baby face. And then you map out how to slowly get to that point where people get behind yeah, totally. him. If not, it's either that or just go with him as the, the prick heel who... Yeah, he pleads poverty one second, but then he goes in about how he's got like all these items that people can't afford, and he wants to go fund me. You, you, either that or go in as a heel. I don't, I don't know. But like you said, yeah, the more I haven't really thought about like that. The, the more your baby faces are beating him in this current state, it is like, or, or they're they're mocking him. It's like, oh, this guy's really poor. Let let's kick him while he's down. Yeah. Let let's celebrate <laughs> these skin. Oh, what you can't afford to even like wash your hair? What a loser! Oh, hair. He hasn't. That's a bit well, weird yeah. for me. I didn't mean that. Sorry, Baron, <laughs> if you're listening. That one. But like, you can't even afford to wash your shoes or, or clothes or whatever wash your shoes I, I, do people wash shoes no I don't know where that came from <laughs> but you get my point <laughs> <laughs> it's not come back yet wash your shoes <laughs> Jesus uh, but yeah they need to just make a decision and go with that but at this moment Bala kicked the crap out of him basically uh, he came out he jumped on the mic and he's like I'm sorry like last week it wasn't cool like I'm, I'm totally desperate I'm really really sorry like I apologise and Bala was like nope not accepting it punched him in the face straight off and then Bala went crazy. Like, Corbin got a little bit of offense, but for the most part, Bala just, Bala just hit, like, kicks and punches and stomps and a sling blade and then a coup de grace and got the win pretty quickly. Again, on a match of, on a night of two-minute matches, he pretty much squashed him. Um, I mean, Bala looked great in squashing him. <laughs> it was absolutely fantastic. But, yeah, go somewhere else with Corbin next week or either pick a side is all I'm saying with the Corbin stuff. Yeah, but I think Max was, Max was good fun. <laughs> yeah, I, I I totally agree. It made Finn Balor like a beast because we've we've seen how if this match was say two years ago on the main roster, it would be a lot more back and forth, and Finn, uh, Finn Balor probably would end up losing. So yeah. to see him just decimate Baron Corbin, and it wasn't the fact that he got the the easy win, um, the dominant win. It was the fact that like the, the aggression that he brought to it and was yeah. able to show again, like like we've seen in NXT, like we saw in NXT the first time around, like we saw in New Japan Pro Wrestling back yeah. in the day. Like just the battle that everybody see, knows he can be. Yeah, exactly. The, the, just what we saw everywhere, apart from on Raw or SmackDown previously. Yeah. Um, so it was great to have that battle. Um, just following on from that, the, the the backstage segment overnight to then have this match with the kind of laser focused intensity and aggression was yeah. perfect. And Baron Corbin at this point in time, it, it plays into his story of sorrow as well. So it was it was nicely dovetailed together. And yeah, just keep keep those two apart from here on out. But yeah. I, I don't know. I'm sure we're probably going to get a match at SummerSlam. I'd imagine because yeah, it must be. Yay. And then I don't know what that, else though, they're going to do with Balor at SummerSlam if it's not. No, exactly. You'd, you'd like to see him have like a big marquee win against somebody. Yeah. Uh, and also against somebody who he's not just beating three minutes on free television as well. Yeah. But uh, I think that's what we're going to get. But no, it, was, it, it, it wasn't so great for Corbin, but it was great for Finn Balor. Yeah, and speaking of great for Finn Balor, it got even better for Finn Balor because he got on yeah. the mic afterwards and oh, this is the Balor that we always knew he could be on the main roster. He's like, and he referenced it as well, which is even better. He was like, three years ago, what happened last week? I probably would have smiled and just accepted it. But that Finn is dead. This Finn isn't smiling. <laughs> This Finn wants Roman Reigns for the Universal Championship. And if I need to go through Cena to do that, then so be it. That's what I'll do. Simple, like aggressive. Get behind this Finn Balor, 100%. Love it. And then obviously at that moment, out comes Roman Reigns. Uh, full entrance, took his time getting down Jesus, to the yeah. ring. I love it. Uh, and then he got on the mic. He's like, I understand why you're upset, but like, come on. Like, I tried to help you. Like, I gave you an opportunity. And when, like, when he's you're such in a here, dick. he's such a great he's, dick. <laughs> I love it, but he believes it as well, which is even better. Yeah. Uh, he, and you know, he's just like, you, you just keep the head of the table's name out of your mouth. And then he hurls the microphone at Finn Balor, smacks him in the chest with it, turns his back on him, and goes to get out of the ring. But as he does that, Balor isn't done yet. He dives at him, pushes Roman Reigns out of the ring, gets his guns out, does a stare down to Roman Reigns, and just as you think Roman Reigns is going to get back in the ring to go and stare down at him, uh, the Usos come in and attack him from behind. But even then, they weren't done building up this Finn Balor because Roman goes to like leave them all to it, and the Usos gain control. Um, but then they go for the splash, and in what is like just the most perfectly timed thing ever, I love it. He like gets a quick drop toe hold on Jimmy, who goes down to land just as Jay was about to splash him with the uh, with the big splash. Um, and then Bala fights back. He hits a huge dive over the top rope onto both the Usos. He gets back in the ring and he's not done with Reigns. He gets his guns out again and he's just <laughs> facing down with Reigns. Uh, and then Reigns is like, "Fine, I'll do this myself." Gets in the ring. 
but then Balor hits the sling blade and it looks like he's about to be on top of Roman Reigns and then obviously the Usos come back in from behind, start attacking him, throw him into a Superman punch from Roman Reigns, hits him with the big Uso splash and then Reigns just gets on top of him and is like pounding him and then gets him in that guillotine. Like he's tapping out and then Roman is standing tall at the end. All of this, fantastic. Finn Balor, the best he's ever looked on the on the main roster as far as I'm concerned. Roman Reigns, just the massive dick that he is. It's just yep. all of this fits perfectly. The Usos is like scrappy dudes, little guys that come in from behind. Love it all. <laughs> yeah, it was it was a it was a brilliant end to SmackDown. It was just like as a, a, a way to establish Finn Balor as like just as Finn Balor. And then yeah. it was it was perfect. It was just the fact that to follow up from the, the dominant three-minute victory, the squash victory over Baron Corbin with that aggression and intensity to then get the mic, cut a promo, call out Roman Reigns, call out John Cena, call out basically yeah. himself from three years ago for being just yeah, it, it was it was this was the prince. And we got the the guns. It was just like this ticks so many of the right boxes. And then to overcome as well, both Usos eventually, but then the numbers game of the three and one, and then obviously yeah. he gets ends up being choked out by Roman with a guillotine. But yeah, big ticks for all of this for me. Um, and it's that they've they've established Finn Balor as, as a as a top top player within these la- these last couple of weeks already. And now as well, it's got you wanting to see him against Roman Reigns, him yeah. against John Cena, which is a match that I don't think anybody would have thought would have happened. Um, well, I, I don't know, maybe ever. But the fact that once Balor came back to the main roster. You think it's seen as probably just going to do okay. Obviously, he does a live events that he's been doing the, the the super shows, as it were. Yeah. Um. But you're thinking, yeah, he's got a big match at SummerSlam against the, against Roman. Then he'll be back off to Hollywood, and he might have a few TV tag matches or something in between. I, I didn't expect to be anticipating the chance of like maybe we get John Cena and Finn Balor at some point before then, before he leaves, which yeah. that's a match I didn't ever, I, I don't know, I didn't know that I wanted to see. And now I really, really want to see that. And <laughs> especially this, this pissed off Prince who is almost I don't know he's 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 not your smiling baby face he's yeah. he could very easily be a tweener he's just somebody that's pissed off wants to win matches wants to win titles and, and it doesn't matter it. who gets in his way kind of thing. exactly if it's if it's like super heel Roman Reigns so be it if it's yeah. super smiling baby face John Cena couldn't give a toss it's yeah. it's like this is just like this is very cool um and and also it establishes that you now have this top tier player for when John Cena is gone because John Cena yeah. we, we know it's like I think he's been announced for one SmackDown after SummerSlam. So, but regardless, Cena is, is only here for a, a short time, not a long time. Uh, yeah. Hopefully, it's a good time, not a long time. But yeah, once once he's out the way, then realistically, if they wanted to, they can return to, to Finn Balor as uh, as a as a well as a Universal Title challenger on pay per view going forward, leading up to maybe that Royal Rumble match against Big E. Yay. Yeah, <laughs> um, but yeah, hell of a finish. I think the only yeah. like questions I have with all of this is the timing of the Finn Balor and John Cena stuff is really odd. Like to mingle those two together yeah. kind of muddies the waters. It almost, almost, almost makes me think of um, the Edge and Roman stuff leading into WrestleMania and then Daniel Bryan getting involved in it. It's that kind of like uh, situation, but I also don't see it ending in a triple threat at SummerSlam because that would be a really now, strange thing to do. Now, now you've just got me thinking like, oh my God, they're going to stack him, pin him, both yeah. of them. That's it, Finn Balor, John Cena. It just feels like that situation all over again. Yeah. I don't quite understand where that fits in with SummerSlam because you can't not have Roman versus Cena as your marquee match at SummerSlam, surely. Like that you can't put Finn Balor as much as I love Finn Balor, you can't put Finn Balor into that. It doesn't make any and, sense. And that's maybe where Finn Balor just gets like that another Baron Corbin match at SummerSlam. Because yeah. you're looking at like because I think right now you need to just how good a job they've done these last couple of weeks, particularly last night, um, as we're recording this, I, you need to build on this momentum. You you have to keep presenting Finn Balor like this. And so you're thinking that he needs to be on SummerSlam. You can't not have him on SummerSlam. And it needs to be a match against somebody that means something. I, I think, don't think right now, no, no offense to the dude, Baron Corbin doesn't mean shit. So it's like, it, but who else is there? I think that is the match we're inevitably going to get because, yeah. I mean... I, I don't know a, a showcase against Cesaro. I'd be all down for that. Uh, yeah, like, I was going to say when like, you were, when you were talking about possible future for Balor, I was like, it's Cesaro. Yeah, hundred percent. <laughs> down with that. <laughs> please, wrestling gods. Please, Vince. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's um, they've done a great job with Finn. Um, it's it's they smacked that one off the air with with plenty more questions and answers. And yes. it had me wanting to watch next week. Whereas just Absolutely. as a, comparative, a comparison piece, you watch Raw, it goes off the air. It's like, man, I've got to put myself through that again next week. The SmackDown is so different. 
Yeah, absolutely. The, the other thing that popped into my head, though, is where was Cena? Like, he was definitely backstage yeah. at this show because he was in a dark match after the show, which is fine. I'm not against him oh, playing dark matches yeah. at the end of the show. So he was there. He wasn't on this show at all. He wasn't in a one-minute backstage segment, just cutting a promo. He wasn't there explaining why... I mean, technically, top babyface in the company, probably John Cena, like everybody's favorite babyface kind of thing, uh, stole this, the moment from Finn Balor, stole his contract, used almost Baron Corbin's, and like he came in and then he beat up Baron Corbin and then did what Baron Corbin was going to do to Finn Balor. Like, that's not a babyface move. You yeah. need to explain that at some point. And, they, and like Balor was here getting beaten up at the end and like, couldn't you have had Cena come out and try and save Balor? And then maybe Bala's like, no, like pushes Cena away or something. Like, I don't want your help or whatever. Mm, Like something else in there. I just don't understand. I'm I'm sure they'll follow up more on the Cena thing next week, but it was just a little bit odd that he wasn't on this show at all. Uh, I think with uh, with last week, I think he got away with it because he was in bright green. That's it. It's like, that's what you need to do. It's like, yeah, okay, he did, he did exactly the same thing that Baron Corbin had tried to do, but he screwed two people out of it. But he was in bright green and, and jorts, so it was all right. No, um, I think with, uh, with this recent SmackDown, though, with last night's SmackDown, I think it's one of those where if you did show, because like you said, he was there in a dark match. He was uh, after the, the cameras stopped rolling. But I think if you show him on TV, that like even if it is just like for half a second backstage, then you have to have him run in in that main event. Yeah, because Super true. Cena isn't going to let, regardless of what Finn Balor might have said about him. It's like he's going to even if it was they did do maybe that the kind of push away. That would have been a great way to end it. But I don't think WWE are ready to go that far into that into Cena Balor just yet. Yeah. And so I think it's like if like, if you feature him on the show in some point where the TV viewing audience, the mass audiences know he's there, he's got to be making that run in at the end because he's John Cena. Yeah, That's what he does. Great. He's the good guy. Um, but yeah, it was, I, I, at first I thought when he wasn't there, it's like, maybe he's doing like Suicide Squad press though. Cause obviously it's the, the premiere of the movie has just happened. Um, so obviously not though, cause he was in the dark match, but yeah, yeah well, uh, either way, I think big match John will be back next week. And I, yeah, it's, it's, it is, it's something, yeah, there's lots to look forward to on SmackDown. Yeah, absolutely. Before we get to but... SmackDown, there's Monday. Swings around the belt. But yeah, a few other people conspicuous by their absence on SmackDown as well, like Liv Morgan and Tony Storm as well. Like, kind of just. Yeah, on. Tony Storm's a weird understand. one. You can have those minute segments make with Adam Pearce and Sonya Deville that make no sense, but you can't just have Tony Storm cut a promo backstage just to keep her name relevant. <laughs> like, yeah, even even you could have had her as a, as a temporary fill-in in a tag match with Tamina. I don't know, something like that. Yeah, where, anything. Where, yeah, she could have just been like a fill-in for one week and that ties into some longer storyline. And I don't know. I don't know. We'll have to wait and see with all these things. <laughs> it's yeah, WWE. But it was bookended really well. The end of the show was absolutely fantastic. The build back up of Finn Balor making everyone on the main roster or just purely main roster fans at least realize what Finn Balor can actually be. He can be the prince. He can be this amazing character that you just might not have seen it on main roster TV ever before. (laughs) Yep. Uh, But yeah, I loved it in place of that. But yeah, as always, there's a lot of good there, but there's also some very, very questionable stuff Mm. that needs sorting out, I'd say. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree 100%. It was it was a mainly positive show. It was, like you said, it was very well bookended. But that, that backstage segment with Selena Vega, what the, and and the, the tank stuff, dude, I will, I, that, that, it was just like, <laughs> when I was watching it, it was just, oh, yeah. But we've already discussed what was so wrong with those two. But uh, yeah, overall, a very positive show. Um, and again, Friday's made for good viewing. Indeed. Uh, but that was the SmackDown Review Podcast. Thank you very much for joining us. Like I say, uh, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, wherever it is you get your podcast from and leave us a five-star review while you're there because it puts a smile on Adam Wilborn's face and who doesn't like doing that? <laughs> um, but if you want as well, you can follow us on Twitter. You can follow me at Film My Chambers and you can follow Andrew. At Cultured Left Peg. And you can follow all of us at What Culture WWE. Thank you very much for listening. We're not going to be back on Saturdays next week, unfortunately. We're trying to find a long-term solution to move it back to Saturdays, but we'll have to wait and see. Uh, but for now, have yourselves a bloody good day. Goodbye. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. 
Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.